Welcome to episode 426 of Fly Away. Over the past few years, we've been reminded time and again how much the world relies on travel. From supporting local economies to learning about new cultures, the experience that travel provides helps us to make our world smaller and bring us closer together. Here at Outlander Travel, we've been proud to be a small part of bringing that to you through our weekly podcast. My name is Donna, and this week I'm joined by fellow Outlander travel agents, Elizabeth, Sandy, and George. Back in episode 302, we introduced you to American Cruise Lines, a very small ship cruise line that takes you to the many U.S. destinations, both by river and by ocean. Recently, Elizabeth got to experience their newest ship, the American Symphony, as she cruised up and down the mighty Mississippi. So tonight we want to ask her all about her experiences on board and share insights about traveling on this famous American river. So let's get started. So you went, it's Christmas time. So was it all decorated for Christmas? Yeah. Um, yeah, it totally was. It was very pretty. And actually all of the South was decorated for Christmas as well. We went from New Orleans to New Orleans, up to New Orleans to Vicksburg and back again. And um, every everything was decorated all along the river, and it was really, really very nice. So cool! Did they do anything special for Christmas? Uh, we had a holiday party, but I will, I will go ahead and um, and uh, divulge that this was an incentive trip. So um, it was no cost to me, and um, it was a charter situation. So it was a whole bunch of people from our host agency. Um, so I don't know how much of what I experienced, I, you know, sometimes they would tell us sort of, this is what we would normally do. So we had a holiday party, which I think is normal. Um, but we also had a white elephant gift exchange, which I'm guessing was quite abnormal. So, uh, but it was, it was <laughs> totally fun. Um, however, they certainly, if you're looking at it, at doing an event, um, or, you know, some sort of incentive trip or, and, or, you know, group trip, the ship is fairly small, um, Holds, excuse me, I'm sorry. It holds less than 200 people, um, way less. I mean, I think it holds like 130 or something like that. And um, it's, uh, it's so you could, you know, easily charter it for a large enough group and uh, and they can then sort of cater it to whatever you would like. Um, and I will say that also with the river cruise lines, um, and they do this in general, both in Europe and in the U.S., they uh, look at their clientele that are coming on board and they try to cater it toward that clientele. So, Okay. So what is the typical age of, say, the the, the participants? Um, older than me, which is old. <laughs> uh, I think it's above 80 generally. I mean, defi- definitely up there. Um, they, they definitely attract a, an older clientele. And I don't know that just, I, you know, we got a lot of, you know, our normal guests are much older than you guys. And, I wasn't really with a super young crowd. I mean, there might've been a couple people in their thirties, maybe a couple people in their forties, several people in their forties, maybe. And then fifties and sixties and upward were on our cruise. But um, I would guess upper sixties and up is probably the typical age for. um, So are there things, activities for a younger crowd? Yeah, no, yes. I mean, they do. I mean, we did some of the excursions that they normally offer. Um, I did. um, I I didn't see. I mean, there was sort of a water rafting excursion that ended up not going. It canceled because we had some bad weather on this trip. And um, 
so the weather was just really bad that day. And so they canceled it. And that was actually, most of the excursions are included, but there are some extra cost excursions. Generally, they're less than $100 a person, but that one was like $150 a person. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, uh, but I I did a, um, a brewery tour and I did a like a swamp boat ride, which was very, it sounds kind of adventurous, but it was actually, you know, get on the boat, sit still and watch the alligators. So it wasn't very strenuous by any stretch. Did you um, see alligators this time? I did. I the curse <laughs> is broken. <laughs> nice. To be fair, I thought was, they would have been tucked away in their warm little beds I by know, now, right? Yeah, and then yeah. that's what I assumed would happen. But um, this is a sanctuary, and Louisiana has been warm, so they were out swimming around. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. So, where exactly does American Cruise Line travel? So I was kind of surprised at the variety of their itineraries. And I say that, I mean, I've sold American Cruise Lines before. I've, I've put clients on it. They're very well known for the rivers, uh, Puget Sound, um, Columbian Snake Rivers, Mississippi River, and then all of the rivers sort of on the East Coast, the Tennessee and the Ohio. And yes, they do go to Pittsburgh. Sandy. <laughs> um, I was going to say, do. that's one of the three rivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They do. And, and obviously I picked up some crud on this trip as well. Not COVID. I tested, um, but um, I do have a bad cold. So I apologize for my voice. Um, so they do those and they do pa- have paddle wheels that are on the Mississippi, but this was an actual like cruising ship, like a river cruise ship, no paddle wheel. So um, they have more modern ships as well. So if you want the more authentic paddle wheel experience, you can get that. Or if you want the, um, uh, you know, a more modern ship, then you can get that as well. But they also have ocean going vessels that, um, and, and not like crossing the ocean, but ocean going that do um, Maine and the new and the New England area, um, also uh, Alaska, and um, the, believe it or not, San Francisco up to Napa. So who knew? I didn't even realize you could do that in a in a ship. But they do have an itinerary that does that. So. Uh, I was kind of like, ooh, sign me up. I'm kind of interested. And then they're bringing out some more catamaran style um, uh, vessels in the next few years. Big, big catamarans um, that could do um, the intercoastal waterway. So, Interesting. Yeah, bringing in. So really, if you if, if there's a U.S. destination you want that's attached to water, then you may be able to do it with American Cruise Line. If not now, then very soon. I've heard really good things about their Pacific Northwest, the um, the Columbian Snake Rivers. I've heard that that's a phenomenal item. Yes, and there are a few um, cruise lines that do that. It's it's a popular one, but um, they do have some really nice itineraries with American Cruise Line for sure. Yeah, yep. yep. Okay, so you sailed on one of their newest ships, the American Symphony. So tell us about the ship itself. So um, I was pleasantly surprised the first thing you know i'm going to tend to compare it to european river cruising uh a lot probably in this conversation um european river boats need to be a certain size in order to get through locks um there are no locks on most of the mississippi river so the ship can sort of be as big as the river will allow again i apologize um and uh, so it's a it's a larger vessel, but not it, it honestly doesn't seem much larger than a typical um, river boat in Europe. The rooms, however, are 
huge. Like I've been in New York City apartments that are smaller than these rooms. I was so impressed with the um, the space. And there are um, six or eight suites. And then there's another suite category, but um, I, I poked my head in and it was basically the exact same as my room, which was just below that second suite category. But it had two chairs at the foot of the bed instead of like my room having one chair in the corner. So maybe it had an extra foot um, or so in width, but it was not noticeable really. Um, so, and so that was most of the state rooms were that sort of enormous size. And this is a bunch of travel agents that I was traveling with and everybody was saying how they couldn't believe how big the rooms were pretty nice size, full balcony on this ship. Not all of them have balconies depends on the type of ship. Um, but with this more modern ship, it did have them, uh, two lounges, um, and then a couple of spaces that sort of served as lounges, like a little library game room. Um, and then a dining room downstairs, um, all the way downstairs. It was four decks, two, three, four. Yeah, because they don't the, have the height requirements. Like right, exactly. Does. Yep. So it's four decks plus the um, plus the uh, upper deck. You know, is I guess deck five, but it's open. You know, there's no rooms or anything on it. It's a it's an open deck uh, with a jogging track and all that walking track. Um, no pool. Uh, but a pretty nice gym. Uh, not that I spent any time there, but I at least saw it. Um, so pretty good gym. And uh, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that about covers it. The offices are downstairs. It has various places you can get off the ship, including the nose of the ship opens up and you can walk right out the front of it. So when we were in Natchez, they basically pulled up the ship like, like you park in a parking space. <laughs> we park, we pulled straight up to the, not straight up, but like diagonally up to the shore. And then they just opened up the nose and we just walked right out onto the shore. Almost like a ferry. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Or like those ships with the Zodiacs off the back, except this is off the front. So um, very, I, for the most part, very easy to get off and on in New Orleans. Um, the gangway that they used was really narrow but they, and that's where we got on and off the ship. So we had luggage too, but they carried your luggage off and on. So I didn't really have to wrestle with that. Um, it was, um, it was treacherous. I am sort of, I wonder about people with mobility issues getting off and on. I, I would not recommend, even if you are older, you do need to be, you know, able to get, you know, to walk up and down some pretty steep inclines, uh, fairly unassisted you'd have a lot of trouble you could not possibly get a wheelchair up and down this and you definitely would even have trouble with like a walker so that's um, good to note because yeah. when you said people in their 80s <laughs> i started thinking like oh well the u.s is like ada compliant so you know but it sounds like that's not really i mean obviously they have to be ada compliant but yeah i did not ask if there was a way to get them off and on the ship other than that gangway there may be one uh i just didn't see it so there was one person on our trip who had who was in a boot from some sort of foot injury, um, but she was getting around okay. But I think she could have gotten up and down the gangways too. So I don't think that was too big of a problem. I I had to take them slow. Granted, I'm a lot frailer than I used to be, but um, it was. We're just uh, more cautious. Yes, I definitely more cautious. Yeah. Yeah, the, the warranty has run out on this body. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> oh my God, you're you're young. Quit talking about yeah. how old you are. Oh, yeah, but the no. check engine light comes on. <laughs> yeah, the check engine light is seriously on. <laughs> it's definitely on. Um, 
So, yeah, I think, you know, I did miss the pool, not that it was really warm enough. Um, and of course, I mentioned we had sort of bad weather, but it seems like it would have been a nice addition. And I don't know why it's not there, but I think that probably allows them to have more rooms, more cabins. So maybe because honestly, if you dig out from the top deck, you're going to cut into some rooms. So that's true. That wasn't um, the bathroom was a really nice size. The shower was a nice size. I didn't, you know, feel like I was crammed into a little tiny coat closet. Um, and uh, I wasn't thrilled with the soundproofing, but it wasn't, you know, it, 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 I was able to sleep. In fact, the bedding was lovely, like I like really nice sheets and the mattress. I would take it home with me if I had had the option. So um, very comfortable. Of course, it's also That's always new. a really great yeah. sign. Yeah. 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 So you had to eat. I did. And, and of course, you know, you're in New Orleans. So, you know, you had to eat really good food in New Orleans. Yes. Well, so, you know, we, we got to New Orleans the night before and we did go out to a restaurant in New Orleans. And I wasn't sure how, you know, usually on a river cruise, they do talk about, they do try to source local and keep the, they do try to source local and keep the food um, uh, authentic to the, um, to where you are. So uh, the chef came out and she clearly knew Southern cooking. You could tell from the way she talked and, and the way she talked about food. Um, and so I was really excited. Um, and I will say there was a, a colleague on this ship on this trip who was from Louisiana originally, and he was very skeptical. He was like, there's this food cannot possibly be as good as, you know, my Louisiana home cooking and he actually, on Cajun night, when she did all these Cajun dishes, he was like, it was, that was the best meal I've had on this whole trip. It was very authentic. So um, we didn't have, we didn't have Cajun food every night. We had some, some more Southern dishes, um, definitely some fish. Uh, they mixed it up a little bit and we had steak and, you know, we had some of the, some just sort of things people would probably want to have on a cruise. Um, but the food was very, very good. And there was plenty of it. The portions were quite large. The one thing that's different is they, um, and I, I actually really like this. Some people found it annoying, but I really like it. Um, when you have breakfast in the morning, they give you the menu for lunch and dinner and they ask you to check off what you think you might want for lunch and dinner. And it's fine if you want to order more than one thing as well. But it just gives them a general idea so that they're not wasting as much food, which I love, 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 love. Yeah, that's cool. I could pick up my meal for the whole day in the yeah, morning. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, but people are like, ah, I don't like having to think about it. I'm on vacation. Um, and they said, and people said some of their clients would complain about it as well. But I think it's brilliant. I don't have any problem with that. I almost feel like it's more like being at home, right? You know, mama needs the to know how many people I are wish- going to be home for dinner I, I, the only thing that would bother me with that is the dessert it's like i see somebody eating oh you know can i have one of those too yeah they I well, want this dessert but i want that one too you were not limited so there were plenty of people who ordered more than one thing and there were plenty of people who changed their mind about what they were going to have i think it just gave her a general idea so but she still made extra i'm not saying there was no food waste but I think that, it, you know, if only three people said they were going to have the fish, she probably didn't make enough for the entire ship. She just made a few extras, right? That makes perfect sense. And dinner is open seating. Um, with us, we tended to all go down at the same time because we all knew each other. But they said on a normal cruise, you you know, you sort of can go 
anytime after the dining room opens up until later on. So people sort of come and go um, and, uh, and eat in a less regulated fashion. So that actually led to some service issues because we sort of flooded the dining room all at once. And the dining room was big enough to seat us all at the same time. But, you know, the, it was hard for the kitchen to, to keep up um, at that. So um, I would say that if you're on, try not to go when everybody else goes. Try to um, try to to go, you know, later or earlier, depending on how you see people flowing in and out of there. Um, but, you know, you may be in town a little bit longer in some cases. There was only one, this was a five night cruise for us. And um, normally they do this itinerary in seven nights. So there was only one night that we were in port late enough to um, have dinner in town. Uh, so we did do that. That was in uh, Natchez. But, um, you know, m- most nights we were eating on the ship, which also probably threw them off a little bit as well. So, yeah. Now, I will say beverage-wise, um, not that you've asked, but I know you would ask, uh, of course, they had, they had a pretty they had a pretty wide selection of beers. Uh, I was pretty pleased. Some craft, some standard, um, and then um, they had a they had a really well stocked bar. Unfortunately, they didn't really know how to use that bar. So this is uh, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the what is it called Below Decks show with the you know where every all the crew members do all the things basically. There was a time when the person who was making my drink is was the head of housekeeping. So um, she's very skilled, very smart person, but she's not a bartender. So if you ask for anything that's even remotely um, complicated or different, they have little recipes in front of them, but they don't necessarily always know much about sort of mixology and how to do things together. So like for my for my first Manhattan, I got scotch and dry vermouth and a Manhattan is actually whiskey usually um dry bourbon a dry whiskey or bourbon and uh sweet vermouth and then she put those together in a glass with no ice which i had i asked for it straight up but usually you make it over ice and you stir it so that it chills and then you strain it into the glass um and then she said we don't have any cherries would you like a lemon or a lime instead and i'm like oh no <laughs> that sounds horrible yeah it- it was basically kerosene. I'm pretty sure I could have warmed my hands if I'd lit it on fire, but <laughs> um, I, you know, I was polite and um, I did try to drink some of it. Um, but um, I, I learned, I quickly learned that sometimes you just need to keep it simple. So just have a beer <laughs> or, or gin and tonic or a glass of wine. I had a lot of wine on the cruise as well. And the wines were pretty good as well. So again, no criticism because they weren't trained bartenders. It's just not something they don't normally have a really um, a, a crowd that drinks um you know they they have a pretty or they drink beer and wine or they drink beer and wine yeah um and so or they drink you know scotch on the rocks or you know they drink very straight uh straight up drinks not fancy craft cocktails and you know me i'm fancy so (laughs) aren't Um, we all but they worked hard and they really did try to please and i have to say the effort was greatly appreciated i mean it was um definitely a drinking crowd so they had their work cut out for them and they were very good at moving service to where it needed to be. So when you have a small crew like that, you know, suddenly we'd, we'd have one person behind the bar <clears throat> and suddenly there'd be six people behind the bar because they would call for reinforcements when they needed it. So um, I, I was very impressed with how things, how they communicated with each other and, um, and got things done and everybody pitched in. So I know this was a, um, like an incentive 
cruise for you. So I would imagine you probably had open bar because of that. But what is it normally? Like I know on the a lot of the European ones, it's, you know, beer and wine during your meals or whatever. So how does yeah. that differ? Beer and wine during your meals and then uh, a happy hour uh, before dinner. Okay. So, um, so actually very much like uh, AMA or Avalon, which we've talked about before. Avalon's just rolling out their happy hour. They weren't doing it this year, but they'll be doing it next. Um, so honestly, you know, if you're really t- touring around and everything, you don't need much more than that. Um, the happy hour right before dinner is your cocktail and then wine and beer at both lunch and dinner. If you want it, I didn't, I think, heck I had it for breakfast. I know. I think most of <laughs> the river lines will give it to you for breakfast. I, I don't know if this would typically, I know that you, we, they would have given it to us, but it was open bar. Um, but I don't, I didn't ask if it was normally on the menu. So sorry. I don't know for sure. Uh, I know that's important. If you really need to know about your mimosa, ask your travel agent and they can call and find out for you. <laughs> so how does it really compare with um, European? I mean, um, it, it, Well, it's certainly a different history. And I think from that perspective, it's a history that I'm pretty familiar with being from the, the South. Um, it's, uh, I think most Americans are pretty familiar with this history. Whereas European history is a little bit more exotic uh, to us. We don't study it in school as much before everybody sends me, you know, nasty emails. Yes, I know we study European history in school too, but we study a lot. It's usually about war. (laughs) Well, and well, and by the way, this is all very important to the civil war. You know, Vicksburg was one of the most important civil war um, battles. um, And there was even some revolutionary war action along this area as well. And we talked about the Louisiana Purchase and, you know, things that we know about. The thing is, we study American history probably in three or four different grades for an entire year. And there's only like 250 years of history um, for the American government, plus then the the ancient history of the Americas. Um, Whereas European history has, you know, hundreds of years. One could even say thousand, uh, you know, a thousand years of history um that we have recorded um plus the ancient history side of it as well so um i just feel like uh i don't know maybe there's not as many stories american history doesn't light me up the way that european history does personally however i know it lights a lot of people up big time and um this is the ideal cruise for them and uh, you know i am a literature lover i love huckleberry finn and tom sawyer so I was definitely singing songs from Big River as we went down the Mississippi. You know, I've never been on the Mississippi for more than just the New Orleans little section of it on like a dinner cruise. So it was really exciting to be there. But on a European river, you tend to get views of castles and wineries and rolling hills. And on the Mississippi, you get refineries and um, logging uh, waste and, you know, like some just... There's not there's not the architecture along the river that you get in Europe. Um, uh, a little bit more nature, I think. Uh, it's also a, a very muddy river, um, which isn't necessarily different, but um, but it, it does seem to be like a different color, I think, than the European rivers. But all that aside, I think it's really just the. I think there are fewer towns along the way, um, 
And uh, I, we only did a very small part of it just going up to Vicksburg. So maybe if we had navigated more of it, I would have seen more. I really hate that we couldn't get all the way up to Memphis. It wasn't in our plan anyway for this trip. But even if it had been, we wouldn't have been able to do it because the water is still really low uh, south of Memphis, but north of Vicksburg. So it's they're not able to cross it um, with most of the boats right now. How, how wide is it? I've never seen the Mississippi <laughs> River. Oh, it's pretty wide. I mean, I didn't measure it. You can see both sides at all times. So it's not so wide that, you know, it doesn't turn even in the ocean going section of it. That's really deep. You could see both sides of it um, at any given time. You feel like you could have kayaked across it easily. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I was a little bit more physically fit than I am, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, had the shit, had it gone down. I would have made it to shore. I think, you know, I, I had, <laughs> okay, but, but. <laughs> unless I, yeah, unless a gator ate me, which I, there are not gators in the Mississippi. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was, it, yeah. I would equate it to with the European rivers in that sense. It, it had the same sort of, and we didn't really rock very much. It wasn't, you know, wasn't really um, motion sickness inducing. Honestly, the only time where I felt motion at all um, there was a lot of debris coming down the river because of the, the there were tornadoes and really bad storms that week um, in Texas. And then it moved into the Mississippi area and actually through New Orleans a couple of days after we left New Orleans. Um, and so there was all this debris coming down the river at us. So there was one night that he actually had to to bank us. He actually, the captain drove us up onto the bank and we sat there overnight and then pushed off the next day because he just was dodging so much debris that it was getting dangerous for the ship. And then, yeah. And I I was like, I didn't know you could do that. Like I thought, you know, that would be dangerous, but apparently, you know, it's not, and I I was asleep, so I didn't see it. Uh, But apparently we were, you know, definitely up on the bank. And then, um, so as we were coming back down the river, he was also having to avoid debris, but also follow currents. And so, as we were coming back down, because this was a work trip, we had meetings uh, during the day when we we didn't have any stops that day. So we had meetings in the morning and the afternoon. And the meeting room that we were in was the entertainment room where the, usually the bands play or whatever. And um, we were looking out the front of the boat, of the ship. So you had a speaker standing still in the front. And then the, the ship would go all the way to the right. And it would look like we were going to hit the right bank. And then it would go all the way to the left. So you start getting this like motion sickness from looking at a standing still figure with the horizon moving back and forth in front of you. So that kind of, I had to look away a couple of times for that, but um, nothing rocky, just lots of back and forth, lots of um, wiggling and waggling to avoid things, uh, debris. And I think also, you know, low water as well. So you mentioned you'd gone to Baton Rouge and Natchez and uh, Vicksburg, which was your favorite? Mm. So I'm going to admit that I didn't get off the the um, ship in Vicksburg. And the reason I didn't is I didn't get to take my husband with me. He was invited, but um, he he was unable to go. We just couldn't um, make it work. And he was really excited about Vicksburg. And so I felt kind of guilty going in um, without him. So I didn't. Um, it's also very Civil War heavy. And I am not as interested in that history. Um, so I just chose to work that day. Um I I would say Natchez was probably my favorite from a town perspective. It's there's a lot of antebellum homes there that are preserved. So just driving through it, um, there's just a lot of like interesting architecture to see. 
Um, and then, and we did a brewery tour there. So of course I was interested in that. Um, there were options to see plantations or options to do all of that stuff, not my bag. So I didn't do it. Um, in Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge is the capital of Louisiana. It's a capital city. It's, I mean, I felt like I was going to Raleigh in some ways. It's just, (laughs) you could have done a Segway tour. (laughs) Um, and they did have some, they had walking tours, they had various tours, but I decided to head out and go um, on a swamp tour, um, which I mentioned. So we got out on, it wasn't an airboat. It was just a regular pontoon boat. And um, it's a, it was on a nature preserve, privately owned land. So they feed the alligators very well. We also saw some very fat raccoons <laughs> and some wild boar. And um, it, so it's, uh, it was very interesting. And it was fortunately warm enough that the alligators were not sleeping. They were, uh, they were out and about. So we saw them swimming in the water, like, like that classic, is that a log or is that a gator? And then it starts mm-hmm. swimming and you're like, oh, here it comes. It was, <laughs> it was fun. It really was fun. Um, but I would say Natchez from a, like, if I wanted to go back somewhere and walk around more, probably Natchez, uh, Baton Rouge is just, you know, it's obviously very similar to Raleigh. One might even say it's similar to Pittsburgh, but one would be wrong. But Pittsburgh it's, is the college, capital. <laughs> it's a college town. It's a, uh, it's a capital city, you know, lots of government offices there yeah they bleed yellow and and purple there yeah yeah (laughs) yep so um so yeah probably natchez again that's my first time in mississippi so i get to check something off of the states the 50 states i've visited one more state so that's exciting (laughs) so i'm curious about one last thing um so one of the things they do in Europe, I know, is they always they they will bring sometimes speakers on or or groups or or dancing groups or whatever that are authentic to the area to kind of give you some history and everything of the area, uh, tell you about the culture of the area. So outside of actually going ashore, did they have something like that on American Cruise Line? Yes, uh, and I was not ready to be impressed, and I was very impressed. So. There was a piano player on board uh, from Canada who was kind of a comedic piano player, um, very talented, um, also very funny. Uh, so he was great, took requests. Um, there was a couple on board, a married couple, and they both uh, perform, they both sing, and he plays piano. But also he's a historian and an actor, so he would tell, he would do all the shore talks, um, telling the history of the area. Um, he had a great voice. I actually think he sounded a lot like Martin, Coach Martin, if you guys know who I'm talking about. Our listeners don't know who I'm talking about, but you you do. He had that sort of actor's voice. He spoke very clearly and um, uh, he, he told great stories. He had a good sense of humor. Um, and he and his wife would sort of take turns telling the stories. So you got two voices, which was really nice. Um, and then uh, and they would sing sometimes as well, you know, as entertainment uh, they had a DJ on board. And my understanding is the DJ was not always on board. But, you know, I mentioned that they read the room and bring, you know, they see who's coming on board. So I think the DJ was there for us. So we had an 80s party that went until like two o'clock in the morning. Pretty sure that they don't normally go till two o'clock in the morning on these things. Not um, if you're 80 years old. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and then uh, there was a comedian, comedian who came on board in, in uh, Baton Rouge. Um, she was very funny, uh, and an older lady, she, um, she just, she had, she had good jokes. Um, and then, uh, there was a, 
a jazz trio that came on and I actually missed them playing. I think they were on the night that we were in Natchez and I ate, we ate off um, on land and then I was just so tired when I came back. Actually, uh, it was 8.30 when we got back and I went down and uh, stopped in the dining room and our friend Danny was down there. And I, and Danny was like, so, you know, you staying up tonight? I was like, no, I'm going to bed. He's like, wow, 8.30, that's a new level of blue hair for you. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> Uh, so you so, fit right in i know to be fair i went back to my room and i like sat there for two hours in just the quiet and you know because it was a lot of extroverting on this trip for me did you tell him it was like 9 30 to you though yes i did actually <laughs> well no no what i did was i was like haha very funny went back to my room i was like oh man it's 9 30 for me i didn't tell him that mm-hmm. uh so it was one of those afterthoughts um that's how tired i was um and then the final group was a um, a jazz band, like a New Orleans jazz band. So good. They were so good. Like top notch, really great band. Um, I stayed up on the last night. I stayed up till like one o'clock in the morning listening to them, not realizing how late it was. They were just so good. Um, so they finished playing and I went, oh, oh, look at the time. Uh, so uh so I really do think the entertainment was really good. I think sometimes they do have dancing. If, you know, if the crowd is into to dance, like, you know, they'll probably do, can do ballroom dancing. Like they can do pretty much anything. Um, but we tended to be a little bit more rock and roll. So. Well, awesome. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Please like our Facebook page, rate us, and be sure to tell your friends about us. You can find our previous episodes on the podcast page of outlandertravel.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. So on behalf of Sandy, George, Elizabeth, and myself, Donna, thank you for joining us this week. Gotta fly. Gotta fly.